This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Come to the next hadith, and it's the hadith of Anas ibn Malik, may Allah be pleased with him. Anas ibn Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, one of the six companions that narrated the majority of the hadith. He was from the people of I'm on my way to take care of an errand that is a secret of the Prophet wasallam. The mother would say, what's the secret? He says, the secret of Rasulullah, I'm not going to tell you, even his mother. Tremendous personality. He said that the Prophet said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Three things are destructive. They will destroy you. So avoid them. Any one of these three things by themselves will destroy you. And three things, the three things that will destroy a person is being stingy and not sharing. Not sharing his time, his wealth, his knowledge. The other thing that will destroy you is following your desires. The hawa, ittiba al-hawa, will destroy you. And number three, the third thing that will destroy a person is being impressed with oneself. Looking at yourself and seeing that you're better than other people and you're impressed with what Allah Azzawajal has given you. Before going into the other three, inshallah, that will save a person, we have to understand that this hadith is talking about the muhlikat and the munjiyat. Munjiyat, the word naja, comes from that word. The firqatan najiya, the saved sect. That's the minhaj and the aqidah that the Prophet brought, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Every Muslim has to try to be upon it. As the Prophet told us, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, La Tazalu Ta'ifatu min Ummati Al Haq Mansura. They will not cease to be a group of people from this Ummah. They will be victorious, the save sect, the Firqatan Najiyah. So if a person believes and wants to be from the Firqatan Najiyah, he can't walk around being arrogant, being impressed with himself. Saying to everybody, you're not on it, you're not on it, you're not on it. I'm better than, don't, what are you talking about? Firqatan Najiyah. He thinks he's from the Firqatan Najiyah, inshallah he is. But all of the three things that will destroy you are in that person. The three things that will destroy you are in that person. And as for the things that will save you, he only doesn't have it. So concerning the three things that will destroy you, is for a person to be stingy. Being stingy is a characteristic of the Yahud from the many characteristics that Allah described the Yahud with in the Quran. This is one of them. To be selfish. Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, Wala yahsabanna bima atahum Allahu min Do not let those people who Allah has given them wealth from his virtues Allah gave it to them do not let them think for one minute when they are stingy that that's better for them like they're saving money by not giving you're saving money by not giving Allah said no instead this is worse for them 
So with bukhul is a big mushkila because it shows that a person's aqid is jammed up. Allah is al-ghani. He is the one who provides for everyone. And he provides for everything in creation. And he'll provide for you. He'll provide for everybody, inshallah, azawajal. So the Muslim has to know that. So he can't be bakhil. As it relates to the authentic sunnah, the Prophet told us, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ittaqu shuh, fa'inna shuh ahlaka man kana qablukum. Beware and avoid being stingy. Because stinginess destroy the people who came before you. Al-Yahud wal-Nasara. It's from the things that they did. That they were destroyed as a result of that. So in our religion we were told to avoid it. And the one who makes jihad against his nafs. In terms of being not stingy. is a lot of reward. وَمَنْ يُوْقَى شُحَ نَفْسِهِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمَ الْمُفْلِحُونَ Anyone who is saved from being stingy, then those are the ones who are successful. Now, you look in the audience and we have children. Our children are bukhala fi ma'bain and fusihim. They don't even want to share between themselves. They can't share the iPad. They can't share the computer. They can't share things that are there from the food and other than that. It's the me, myself, and I culture. Listen. These three things, if a person has one, he can be a narcissist. All three, he can be a, a narcissist bila shak. A narcissist is the person that's all about me. It's all about me. It's what I want. It's not about the group. It's not about anyone other than me. He's married to his wife, but he doesn't care about anyone except himself. He's always first. He wants all of his hop. Doesn't want to give the hop. He doesn't want people to bother him. He doesn't want people to oppress him. But he never thinks like that for other people. Narcissism is a mental illness. He thinks he's right. Everyone else is wrong. Wallahi, I've seen people who are like that in the dawah. And that's why nobody can get along with him. And that's why he can't go into the masajid of the Muslims. Memnu'ah for him to come into the masjids. Because he's too rough, too tough. And looks down on everybody. Wallahi, I know people like that. A person like that. May Allah help us. So as it relates to stinginess, it will destroy you. The Prophet told Bilal, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Bilal, spin. And Allah spend on you. Bilal didn't have any money. He didn't have any money. And yet Allah's Rasul told him, you spin and Allah will spend on you. Ma naqasa malun qat min sadaqa. Anytime you give sadaqah, that money never was decreased. Instead, it's going to be increased. And you're going to find your reward with Allah. Stinginess with your time. This book is the da'wah and the du'at. The da'wah and the du'at. What's your da'wah? And you're one of the people calling to that da'wah. You can't be stingy with your time. Can't be stingy with your time. How is it possible? We want to call the people to the kitab and the sunnah and we misunderstand about mixing with the people of innovation. So the people who are on the whacked out understanding of salafia, whacked out is hizbiyah, like the hizbiyah of all of these jama'at that we always warn you of. You don't have to be with any of these groups. Don't be with any of these groups. Don't be with any group calling themselves salafi, ikhwani, none of them groups. But look at the understanding. No doubt the salaf, based upon the kitab and the sunnah, 
they used to boycott and they used to avoid people of innovation. No doubt about that. That's from the asul of a salafiyya, to boycott people. But it needs fiqh, has to have fiqh, al-hajr. Not based on just getting mad and you boy, boycott people. So therefore, the only dawah you can give is in your masjid. You can't go to the masjid over there, the masjid over there, the masjid over there. So people's understanding is, we only can give dawah from right here and we preach to the choir, to the people already upon the sunnah. No. You're bakhil in your time. I don't say go and jump in the water with everyone. You're going to go to a place of people who curse the companions, maybe you can go and give them dawah as long as they don't put conditions on you and so forth and so on. The point is, giving dawah to Allah, it requires karam. The second thing that the Prophet mentioned, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was the hawa that is followed. The hawa, your desires. Everybody has a nafs. Ittiba'a nafs. Allah mentioned about that nafs in the Quran, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّاهَا Anyone who does tazkiyah to his nafs, he's going to be successful. Tazkiyah to nafs means you know how to deal with your telephone. You know how to look in social media. You know what to listen to, what not to listen to. That's the nafs. Because if you left this nafs, it will become your God, your ilah. Allah said in the Quran, أَفَرَأَيْتَ مَنِ اتَّخَذَ هَوَاهُ إِلَاهُ إِلَاهُهُ هَوَى Have you not seen the one who has taken his nafs as his God? His hawa is his God. Whatever the hawa tells him to do, that's what he's going to do. Steal the money. Do this, do that. Don't pray, don't fast. Lie, cheat, whatever it is. His religion is hawa. Whatever his hawa, his nafs, tashtahi, whatever. That's going to be his religion. He want to curse the companions. He's with these group of people. They're making dhikr in a way that's not... Whatever. Whatever. Let's just get along with the people. So this issue of the nafs is that we have to make jihad against the nafs to bring it under control. وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ وَنَهَا النَّفْسَ عَنَ الْهَوَى فَإِنَّ الْجَنَّةَ هِيَ مَأْوَى هِيَ الْمَأْوَى Anyone who's afraid of يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةَ and he's afraid in this dunya, the maqam of Allah, that Allah is looking and listening. Anyone who has fear of Allah and he holds his nafs back, he holds it back, then the jannah is going to be the final resting place for that individual. So these two things will destroy a person. In the Quran, Allah mentioned a person you should know. It is a man that the scholars who gave the tafsir of the Quran like Imam Ibn Jarir al-Tabari and other than him, Ibn Kathir and other than him, Rahimahumullahu ta'ala. This is a man who Allah ta'ala gave him his ism al-a'zam. The ism al-a'zam, the greatest name of Allah. You make dua to Allah by that name and Allah will give you that thing. There's ikhtilaf as to what that name is. Some of the scholars say that it is Allah itself. Allah, that name. And there's delil for that. We don't have time for that. But Allah ta'ala mentioned a man that he gave to him his ayat. He gave to that man signs. فَانْسَلَخَ minha, And he left those signs that Allah gave to him. He forgot and he left. Allah took it away. The point here is, 
this particular man followed his desires, so he lost that knowledge. He's in the book of Allah. He said in the Quran, وَلَوْ شِئْنَا لَرَفَعْنَاهُ بِهَا وَلَكِنْ وَلَكِنَّهُ أَخْلَدَ إِلَى الْأَرْضِ وَاتَّبَعَ هَوَى Had we wanted, Allah said, if I wanted, I would have raised him with my ayat. Raise anybody with the ayat, the religion. Allah said he would have raised him. But the man, the man, he held on to the dunya, to the earth, and he left that, and he decided to follow his hawa. He followed his hawa. As a result of that, he became a bad man. This is one of the ayahs of the Quran that go to show the qulub of the slaves are between the two fingers of Ar-Rahman. Yuqallibuha kayfiyasha. Allah turns hearts of people as He likes. Read to them, Ya Muhammad, the story of the man. We gave him our ayat. He was from the awliya of Allah. But when he followed his hawa, he followed his hawa, Allah sent him astray and gave him a terrible example in the Quran. His example is like the dog. His example is like the dog. If you bother the dog, the dog will stay there with his, with his tongue out. If you leave the dog, he'll stay there with his tongue out. That person is the same. Give him dawa, you don't give him dawa, it's the same. Like a kelp. So, following the hawa, ittiba al-hawa, mushkira. The third one, ikhwani, is what the Prophet mentioned, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ijab al-marbi for a person to be impressed with himself. We gave a khutbah about this, you go back and check that khutbah out, but as we mentioned back then, being impressed with yourself, with ourselves, is from the characteristics of the Yahud and the Nasara. Now and yesterday. The Yahud and the Christians from before and now. Throughout the Quran we have what Allah tells about how they looked at themselves and how they looked at other people. How they looked at themselves and how they looked condescendingly down at other people. And they said a lot of statements that their actions didn't back up. That is because they said, if we go to the hellfire, we're only going to go for a few days. Just for a few days, if we have to go. But they said, more than likely we won't go. So Allah told the Prophet to say to them, Where's the proof of that? وَقَالَتِ الْيَهُودُ وَالنَّصَارَ نَحْنُ أَبْنَاءُ اللَّهِ وَحِبَّاؤُهُ قُلْ فَلِمَا يُعَذِّبُكُمْ بِذَنُوبِكُمْ بَلْ أَنْتُمْ بَشَرٌ مِمَّنْ خَلَقٌ يَغْفِرُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيُعَذِّبُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ The Jews and the Christians say, we are the sons of Allah. And we are the, the ones that Allah loves. Allah told Rasulullah, say to them, then why is it that Allah punishes you for your sins if you were sons? If Isa ibn Maryam was his son, why would Allah allow Isa ibn Maryam his son to get hung on a cross? Although this ayat is not talking about Isa ibn Maryam. If you people are the real sons of Allah and his beloved, why does he allow you to, why does he punish you? 
you're human beings like everybody else. He punishes whoever he wants and he forgives whoever he wants. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is a characteristic of the Yahud and the Nasara. The Yahud say, Nahnu Shabullah al We are Allah's chosen people. We'll take the Palestinians and kick them in the Red Sea. And we can do that because we're Allah's chosen people. And the world better get with the program. How does your conscience allow you to do that? And that's why there are some Yahud who are not Zionist, who are against what the Zionists do. But my point is, how can any human being in this masjid, your father, his father's father, his father's father, 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 owns the land that you have back in Pakistan, back in Bangladesh, in Afghanistan, in Somalia. You have that land in America. And somebody comes today, Johnny come lately, 2021, and says, this is our land. You have the deed, but it's mine. Oh, where you get that from? God promised us this land. Who talks like that? That's a job. That's a person being super impressed. The Christians say, and they believe, if you believe that Isa ibn Maryam was hung on that cross and he died for your sins, you go to Jannah. You can drink khamar, you can make zina, you can do whatever you want. Just take Isa ibn Maryam and believe that he died for your sins and do whatever you want. That's what this is talking about. Ijab al marbi nafs. And as it happens to them, it happens to us. This community, you're going to follow. The people went before you. Everything they did, you're going to do it. That's something that they did. And this is something that we have. Ajab. Okay, my beard is bigger than yours. My jilbab, hijab is nicer than yours. Here's a sister, she's a new Muslim, and maybe she's been in the deen for some while. But she has a funky hijab. I don't mean it smells funky when I'm talking about the colors, the print in her hijab. Her khimar, the way she wears it. The other sister who dresses properly. She has jilbab, she has gloves, she has niqab. But when she sees that girl, she feels, hey, I'm on it and you're not on it. I'm a better Muslim than you. When Allah knows best who is who. أَلَمْ تَرَ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ يُزَكُّونَ أَنفُسُهُمْ بَلِ اللَّهُ يُزَكِّي مَنْ يَشَاءُ Muhammad, have you not seen those people who praise themselves? Allah praises who he wants to praise. Talking about the Yahud and the Nasara, that ayat. Allah told him, made it haram. لَا تُزَكُّوا أَنفُسَكُمْ هُوَ أَعْلُمُ بِمِنَ التَّقَى Don't praise yourselves. Don't praise yourselves. Allah knows best who has taqwa. Allah knows best. So don't walk around when you find people who are not practicing from your relatives or whatever. I'm coming here on the bus, number six. I got stuck out, out there, taking a bus today. I asked a guy in the bus, what time is Maghrib? He was honest. He said, I don't know, I don't pray. I said to him, may Allah help us, help you. May he say, I mean... He said, well, I look for it because of the dua, I guess. Didn't treat him bad. He started looking for it. I said, come on, man, we're going to go to the mystery. We get off right here. He came. I lost him. I don't know what happened. But he came off the number six bus from Green Lane right here. So we're going to look at him and say, yeah, that's a major sin what you're doing. But whoever doesn't live in a, a glass house, let him throw the first rock.
right here from the people who are sitting right here. Whoever doesn't live in a glass house, meaning we all have mistakes that we're making. So his jihad is salat, but your jihad may be something else. Or it may be like his, salat. You pray, but you're not praying, or we're not praying all five prayers. So the point here, ikhwani, is ijab al-mar. And a lot can be said about ijab al-mar. The companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, one of the famous wars that they had was the Battle of Hunayn. It was the only campaign in which the Muslims had a lot of numbers. They used to always be outnumbered three to one in Badr. Three hundred of them, over a thousand kuffar. That was always the case. But in this war of Hunayn, Islam spread, and when it was time to go wage the war, everybody came out. The companions looked at themselves and they were happy. Allah mentioned that in the Quran. وَيَوْمَ حُنَيْنِ إِذْ أَعْجَبَتْكُمْ كَثْرَتُكُمْ فَلَمْ تُغْنِ عَنْكُمْ شَيْئًا And remember the battle of Hunayn when you looked at your large numbers but it didn't help you at all. You looked at your large numbers and you were pressed with it. إِعْجَاد The Muslims said, yes, look at our numbers. And Allah caused them to kind of lose the battle. Radiallahu anhum ajma'in. Teaching us a lesson. It's not the numbers that win or lose. It's not the medicine that makes you well or not. It's not the bullet or the knife that kills. It's Allah Azawajal. Allah. So don't be a person who is mu'jib. Like for an example, we're giving da'wah to Allah. So a person giving da'wah says, Look at my hits. I got more hits than you. I got 50,000, and next week I got 80,000. They'll say, I got a million. And he thinks better than people because he's got a million hits. That's not the goal, that's not the objective. In the classroom, one of the people giving da'wah says, I have more people attending the class than me. MashaAllah, look at my class. La, la, abadan. People come up to you and the Imam reads the Quran in a beautiful voice, in a beautiful way. And the people come and say, MashaAllah, your recitation. Ijab al-nafs. And this is why the Prophet told the people, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, don't break your brother's neck by going overboard and praising him. And right now from the Minhaj al-Salafi, is that we don't see the permissibility of al-Khuruj against the hukam of the Muslims. As long as they are Muslims, we don't say, we don't see that you can revolt against them. Not with the sword and not with your tongue. But although we don't see that, we also don't see it as being the haq that we find some people always praising these leaders with what is not in them. The, the, the salaf were not upon that. The salaf used to avoid the doors of the sultan. They wouldn't go to the door of the leader because they didn't want to be tried in their religion. You have to give a fatwa to please me. So they would avoid. Now we have people, I'm telling you, the, 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 we're living in a strange time. The people praise is one thing, not to make khuruj. We don't make khuruj. But it's another thing, you praising them. You even have one of them on his tweeter, tweeter. He has the picture of his king. Picture of his king. That's not from the minhaj al-salafi. To say about these people what is not in them. As for respecting them, Ya Amir al things like that, nothing wrong with that. 
You want to respect them? You have to respect people who have positions. Nothing wrong with that. So, Ijab al-Nafs tried to avoid it, inshallah ta'ala. We come to the next one, Ikhwani. And these are the three things that will save you. Three things that will save you. The first one he mentions, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, khashyatullah fissirri wal-alaniyya. Fearing Allah in secret and in public. Now everyone is going to fear Allah in public, inshallah, the way we are right now. Nobody's going to take out a spliff and light it up. Here. Or outside. Or a cigarette. No one's going to do that. But when a person is by himself, he may do that. He may masturbate. He may do things. Watch pornography. He may curse when he's by himself and the people are not around. He swears. Uses foul language. You want to be saved? He says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then fear Allah in secret and in open. In public. Public is easy. A man came to him and said, Give me advice, Ya Rasulullah. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Usika and Tastahiya min Allah, Kama Tastahi, min Rajul Salih, min Bani Qawmik. I advise you to have hayat. To be shy of Allah, to be modest, have hayat. The same way you'll be shy of a religious man from your people. A religious man from your people. So for the person who watches TV and the different shows and the movies on the TV where they curse and swear and they carry on, a comedian comes and he swears, he, cur- he watches that by himself. But if his mother or his father was there, he won't watch it. If his uncle came, he won't watch it. If an older brother from the community came, because it's public, he's not going to do it. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But the hadith said, fear Allah in secret and fear Allah in public as well. So public is pretty easy. It's the secret issue. Or a secret that is the struggle of the issue. The Prophet says, Sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam, Kullu ummati ma'afa illa al-mujahirun. All of my ummah will be forgiven by Allah except those who broadcast. They say, Ya Rasulullah, who are those who broadcast? He said, the ones who broadcast are the ones who during the night, when they're by themselves, they make mistakes. They make the noob. All of them. Not a person here doesn't make the noob. They make mistakes in secret. And Allah, who is a satir, from Allah's names, a satir. Like the curtain, satir, he covers and conceals, conceals your faults. So he does a crime or he does a sin in secret, and then he comes out in public and he says, Hey, Fulan, I did this. Hey, I did that. I was drinking. I got high. Hey, I did that on the computer. I killed someone, and on and on and on. He's the one who's broadcasting. Because if a person does a sin that Allah covered him up, and then he comes down and starts talking about it. Sins in the community and society are going to be looked at being simple and easy. If everybody kept doing that, you get used to the sin. Like the man who killed a hundred people and he wanted to make toba. He said, you have to leave this place and go somewhere where the people are not doing what they're doing. Why? Because where you are, for you to have killed 100 people, it's a sign and indication 
that sins are rampant in that society. Or the people would have stopped you and said, what are you doing? You killed three people already. He got up to a hundred. Because that's the society, like here. Like here. So we don't find it strange anymore. We don't find it strange. When the Muslim girl gets on TikTok and again, she starts to sing those songs that Cardi B make and those, these people. And she's cursing and swearing. It's not strange. This is the society we're living in right now. So as it relates to sinning in secret, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told the man, Fear Allah wherever you are. Fear Allah in the masjid and out of the masjid. Fear Allah daytime and at nighttime. Fear Allah in Ramadan, outside of Ramadan. Fear Allah when you're making hajj, when you're not making hajj. Fear Allah in secret and in private. So that's the Muslim. Wherever he is, whenever, summer, fall, winter, whatever, he's going to try to practice his religion. As it relates to this word, khashyatullah, khawf of Allah, all of that, khashyatullah, to be afraid of Allah. Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Qur'an, إِنَّمَا يَخْشَ اللَّهَ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ الْعُلَمَاءُ Verily those people who fear Allah are the ones who know Him. Now the word that's being used here is the ulama. The ulama. But the ulama here are not necessarily the people or ulama that we think. It's any and everyone that has enough knowledge not to do the haram. You are a scholar, an alim. I don't want to say scholar, an alim. Because you have enough sense. And you could be a regular person who doesn't even memorize 10 surahs of the Quran. إِنَّمَا يَخْشَ اللَّهَ مِنْ عِبَادِيَ الْعُلَمَاءِ The goal and the objective, ikhwani, of learning this book is not to just to memorize it. Memorizing books, that's important. But that's not the goal and the objective of knowledge. The goal and the objective of knowledge is to practice it first and foremost in the call to it. Practice it. So that's the issue behind fearing Allah wherever you have to happen to be in public or in secret. Before we move on to the last two, the Prophet mentions Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Inna Mimma Adrakanas Min Kalamin Nabuatil Ula Idalam Tastahi Fasna Ma Shit. From what the people learned from the prophets of the past, what all the people learned, was that the prophet said, if you feel no haya, if you don't feel shyness, then do as you like. One meaning of that hadith is, I don't know, should I do this? And I don't know, should I not do it? Is it halal? Is it haram? I, I don't know. Rasulullah said, it's tafti qalbik. Consult your heart. If you're, if, 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 if this thing doesn't bother you, then go ahead. If you got a good heart, ask your heart. If you're not shy of doing it, go ahead and do it. That's one way. And the other way of understanding the one we want to use here is, if a person doesn't have hayat, he's going to do what he wants to do. He's going to urinate akramakumullah in public. These people drink khamr. They get high in city center. Other than city center here, here in our area, but more in city center, that lady is out there drunk, drunk like a skunk, drunk, and she'll just go to the side, not a, and in front of people urinate. 
because there's no hayat. The kid is in school and he's working out. One of us is working out, lifting weights. And after he finished, he gets in the shower with no clothes on, with all of the non-Muslims in there in the shower with him. They're all looking at each other showering, talking like it's nobody's business. If you're not shy, then do what you want. This is what happens when you don't have al-hayat. So from those things that will save a person and make you from the firqat al-najiyah, and make you from the najin, indallah yawmul qiyamah, a safe sec, safe sec. But he doesn't have any hayat, any hayat. And a proof he doesn't have any hayat is that you can be older than that individual and he talks to you as if you're the kid. Where's the hayat, akhi? This boy, this boy, this is their father. If one of them did this to his father, we're going to say, brother, what's wrong with you? Where's your hayat? You do that to your dad? His father went to the refrigerator, opened up the fridge. There was a soda in the fridge, fizzy drink. The dad took the soda and he drank it. He knocked it out. He killed it. But it was the son's soda. The son comes and say, hey, who took my drink? Who took my drink? They said, dad took the drink. He said, get me sick. He gets you sick. Everything that you eat is from your father. Everything that you wear and dress is from your father. One soda costs less than a pound. Less than a pound. And you got mad that your father drank your drink. And you got an attitude with your father. Subhanallah. So as it relates to the issue of fearing Allah, fear Allah in secret, just as much as fearing in public. And this is something that the Salaf used to take great care of. And they used to talk down on people who, when they're in public, they give you a nice picture. When they're secret, everybody's up to stuff. That's why when the man said to Umar radiallahu anhu Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen You see that man over there? He's a good man You should put him in your in your cabinet Give him some responsibility Let him be a minister Umar said, do you know, know him? He said, he said, yeah I know him he, you, you travel with him? You did this? Did that? He said, no He said, you don't know that man All you did was you saw him bow down Make rukur And make sajd in the masjid That's what you did and it's good that you saw him bow down and making rukur. But you don't know that man. You don't know that man until you borrow money to him. Does he give you your money back? You don't know that man until he marries your son. Until he marries your daughter. <laughs> I'm tired, man. I'm still tired, man. I'm still tired. I did a recording in... Bradford, man, Bradford, a masjid called Kuba, and they built a beautiful, a beautiful um, studio down in the basement. They utilized the space, and upstairs it was a church, and both floors are beautiful. And in the basement, they have a Pakistani TV program comes on the TV, you know, by Islam channel called Pagum TV, Pagum TV. I was talking to some brothers yesterday about how in Green Lane we have a basement as well. Any of you been in the basement? They, they fixed up the basement, but there's still space. I said to the Green Lane brothers when we were eating, 
you got, they asked me about that message. I said, their, their, their basement is nice. It's the studio. I said, look, you guys should make a studio in the basement downstairs. They said to me, Sheikh, we got a studio upstairs and you talked in that studio. I'm so tired, I forgot that they had a studio that I gave lessons from that studio. Allah. So you guys got to help me. If I say marry the man, marry his son, okay, you have to correct me, all right? Because people will get that off the internet and say, that's what I'm calling to. And it's a mistake. As it relates to the issue at hand, ikhwani, the people who are fearing Allah Ta'ala in secret, Allah Ta'ala, as he mentioned in the Quran, لَهُمْ مَغْفِرَةٌ وَأَجْرٌ كِبِيرٌ Allah has prepared for them a great reward. And he has prepared for them maghfirah. So as I said with that thing of Umar, we look at each other and we have husnadhan with each and every person. And we smile at each other and we sport and love each other. And we don't have su'adhan. You never say, oh, when he leaves he's probably don't. No, you don't say that. But don't claim you know anybody until you've spent some time with that individual. If you are married, anybody who's married here, who's married, inshallah, everybody who's married, you know your wife better than anybody else. And she knows you better than anybody else. And this is why the Prophet wasallam, when he married more than one woman, he married 11 women, 11. One of the hikmas behind that is, if he was majnoon, if he was sahir, a magician, if he was a kahin, if he was a soothsayer, if he was any of that, a liar, one of those 11 women would have came out and said, Hey, this is his situation. He was responsible for killing some of the relatives of his wives, husband of his wife, father. So that lady had more reason to say, yes, he's this, he's that. But when all 11 of those women lived with him, they testified and they supported. You're on a high level of akhlaq. Nobody ever came and accused him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, of saying what he didn't do or anything that was unbecoming of someone who was giving dawah. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We go to the next one, ikhwani, and the next one, inshallah, is. What will save you is being moderate Moderation when you're poor And moderation when you are rich Moderation Al-Imam Al-Nawwi in the book Riyadh Salihin In the chapter of innovation and Imam know we started that chapter off by saying moderation in the sunnah is better than doing a lot of innovation. The thing that Allah loves the most is what you do with consistency even if it's a little bit. One rak'ah for witr, just one. Someone comes and he does the salat al-raga'ib, the salat of the people of a Sufiya. La dalila alayha. There's no sal- no salat called raga'ib that the prophet left, and they read this, read that, do this, do that. Just praying one rakat of witr or two rakat, 
That's from the Sunnah. Rakata al-Fajr. Rakata al-Fajri. Khayru min al-Dunya wa ma fiha. The two rakats of Fajr. The Sunnah prayers. Better than the whole dunya and what's in the dunya. Not to mention innovation. All of this innovation. So the person says 33 times. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, 33, 33, 34. That's better than him saying a thousand times. And if he keeps saying that, Allah, 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 he's going to feel lightheaded. He's going to feel lightheaded. That's not a sign or indication of anything other than a shaitan came to you. A shaitan came to you to make istidraj, make you feel good about what you're doing the same way we used to feel good when we were in a church. We used to feel good when they started the preacher, when he shut up and he sat down because you never know what he's talking about. Just be quiet and sit down. Let the band play. And when they start playing, you get into it and you feel good. You even feel and think that you're closer to Allah. You believe that. But it's them pulling on the strings of your emotions. It's not the knowledge. It's not the knowledge. So from what will save you is Al-Qastu. This hadith, this aspect of the hadith shows the importance of being balanced and being in the middle. Being balanced and being in the middle. Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, وَلَا تَجْعَلْ يَدَكَ مَغْلُولَةٍ إِلَىٰ عُنَكَكَ وَلَا تَبْسُطْهَا كُلَّ الْبَصْطِ This is a very important issue. What will save you? Being moderate when you have money, you're rich, you got money, and being moderate when you're poor. Now, being moderate when you're poor is easy. You don't have a lot of money. So all you're going to spend every week is 75 pounds, 80 pounds, 100 pounds every week at Morrison's. Every week. Because you don't have money. That's your budget. The husband and the wife put their money, whatever. All we can spend is 100 pounds. Because they don't have a lot. You students, you don't have a lot. But the real challenge is being moderate when you have money. And a big problem is when you don't have money you go overboard. And this is part of our culture. This is part of the culture of the millennials and it's part of Pakistani culture, Arab culture, African culture. I don't want to throw mud on anybody, but Africans, we're people who love to show off. In certain countries in West Africa, people get married and they be throwing money on them, throwing money on them, throwing money on them. Like the hip hop people. They want to make it rain to show people that they have money. And they want to make it rain at the wrong place, at the wrong... But it's the concept, just throwing money. $20,000, uh, $1,000, $5,000, $10,000 in $1 bills, you throwing, you throwing them to people to show you got money. I saw an interview with this guy who's one of the big hip-hop artists. His name is Fat Joe. Lost $10 million, $10 million, $10 million. Because every day he was going to the bank, taking out $50,000 every day with his entourage. Went to get the money, they said, you ain't got no more money. That happens to us. People are poor. People have years of generational poverty. So when we get money, first thing that we want to do is floss. Got to get a Bentley. For every day of the week. 
The Muslim feels he has to get necklaces, platinum, even if it's a cross. He doesn't care. He wants people to look at him and say he has money. So what will save you? Al-qastu fil-faqr wal-ghina That you will moderate when you have a little bit of money. Don't be one of those people. You got to have the latest kicks, the latest uh, sneakers, trainers. Don't be like that. Keeping up with the Joneses. They have a new, a new kitchen. We have to get a new kitchen. They have this 50-inch TV. We have to get a 60-inch TV. And on and on and on and on. When you have money as well, you have to stay moderate. And again, Ikhwani, the Bill Gates of the world, people like that, you don't see Bill Gates wearing three, four, five thousand dollar suits. The guy has jeans on. The guy has a flannel shirt on. You know, like a, a, a Farmer Jack shirt. You think he can't afford those kind of clothes? And it's what the Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Being rich is not having a lot of money. It's the contentment in your inside of you. It's the contentment. Allah mentioned in the Quran, Those people waste, they are the brothers of the devils. Wasting money. Waste it. Now, if you can afford a nice car, no problem. A Phantom, you know, Bentley, Mercedes, Range Rover. Kid it out. If you can afford that, and you don't think you're better than other people, then Allah loves to see his ni'mah on his slave. No problem. We're not going to make that haram. But the problem is, you can't afford it. You cannot afford it. So stay in your lane and relax. We come to the last issue, ikhwani, bi'idhnillah, the da'wah and the du'at. The third thing that will save a person and make him from the firqat al-najiyah, and make them from those people who will be saved Yomul Qiyamah and entered into it, the Jannah. May Allah make all of us from the Najin Yomul Qiyamah without any adab and without any hisab. And may Allah put us on the minhaj al-salafi with hikmah and knowledge and al-qast being balanced. Not this extreme stuff that we find from people today. The last thing from what will save you al-adal fil-rida Wal-ghadab, being fair and just when you're happy, when you're pleased, and when you're angry. Being fair, having al-adal. وَتَمَّتْ كَلِمَةُ رَبِّكَ صِدْقًا وَعَدْلًا The words of your Lord have been completed with truthfulness and justice. The ahkam of al-Islam about this beard is just. The ahkam of al-Islam about the women, children, and how to deal with them, al-adal. The ahkam of al-Islam about the hudud, adal. Allah is al-hakim. Allahu ya'lam wa antum la ta'lamun. Allah knows and you people don't know. And we challenge anybody, anybody, come and let's make a maqarana between the legislation of al-Islam. I do not sit here and say there's nothing in Judaism, nothing in Christianity, Sikhism, Hinduism that is not fair and just. No khair. I didn't say that. I say, but the whole religion of Al-Islam is justice. And you don't find that with any other religion. Any other religion. 
And that's just not Canaan. If someone were to claim that, just like us, can it stand up to the litmus test? It can. So look, being fair and just, when you're happy, please, that's easy. That's easy. But when you're angry, that's not very easy. And that's why the Nabi says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, La yaqdiyanna al-qadi bayn ifnain wa huwa ghabban. The judge, anyone who's judging, he shouldn't judge between two people when he's upset. Why? Because if he's upset, he's not on his equilibrium. If he's calm, he ate, he's not too hot, too cold, he's not too tired, that's when he judges. If he's too tired, too hot, too cold, angry, he's not in his, you know, his, his, his normal self, he shouldn't judge. Be quiet. Don't do it right now. So those people who judge with justice, judge in the hukum that he gives, the ruling, the position that he gives. It's from the firqa to najia. And he doesn't, he has not, he's not fair. He's not fair. He has a double standard. His sheikh said, Rabbi Askari Kabir, my Lord is a big, big, big military man. But the sheikh didn't mean that. The sheikh didn't mean that. The sheikh said that Ka'b ibn Malik is astray when it's astray. Suleiman doesn't know the fiqh of the waqi'. The sheikh said a lot of stuff. But when the sheikh make a mistake, give the people a break. But when someone else makes a slip of the tongue, they hold you accountable to that. Because it's double standards. All of the jama'at are like that. The people of the jama'at are like that. Not everybody. Not everybody. But the last people who should be like that are people of the sunnah. But the sheikh, he gets a pass to do whatever he wants to do. And they always come up with a reason why it's okay, why it's not okay. The sheikh said, all of the hukam of the Muslims are kuffar, except in Saudi Arabia. All of them are rafidi. All of them are Balkani. All of them are Almani. All of them, except Saudi Arabia. I know the sheikh didn't mean to make takfir, but that's what it amounts to. If Sayyid Qutb's statement, all of the mujtama'at of the Muslims are mujtama'at of kufr, if that's him making takfir of all the Muslims, and you're going to accuse him of being a mukaffir, okay, you got to say the same thing about the sheikh. Ghafar Allahu lil Allah forgive everybody. So judge with justice, for or against. So judging when you're happy is easy. It's when you're upset and you're mad that is difficult. So Allah revealed the ayah to the Muslims, to the Prophet They were getting killed. All of those years in Mecca, they were getting killed. And then they grew and grew and grew and grew. And then they went to Mecca to conquer Mecca. And they said, today, the blood is going to, the blood is going to spill and the meat will be cut. That's what the companions were saying. We're going to get these non-Muslims today. And Allah revealed the ayat, وَلَا يَجْرِمَنَّكُمْ شَنَآنُ قَوْمٍ عَلَىٰ أَلَّا تَعْدِلُوا عِدِّلُوا هُوَ أَقْرَبُ لِلتَّقْوَىٰ Don't allow a people's oppression towards you people. Don't allow that oppression that they did to you. Don't allow that oppression to make you become oppressive. But be just, adil. That's closer to taqwa. So we want to say, and I say, alhamdulillah, we don't have this problem, this mischief with our shabab. And it has reduced itself a lot in this country. But it's still there. 
the oppression that the West, America at the top of the list, at the top of the list, what they did in Afghanistan, what they allowed to be done in Palestine, Al Iraq, Syria, all of this zulm to the Muslims, we see it with our own eyes. That doesn't allow anybody here to become radical and extreme and go and harm people. It's not our religion. Two wrongs don't make a right in our religion. When the Muslims went to perform the Hajj, they said, or when the Muslims, they went and the non-Muslims were making tawaf and doing the time, even in Jahiliyyah, if you want to make Hajj, you can't bring your weapons. They respected that. They were kofar. You can't bring your weapons. You have to leave it and keep your ihram on. When the companions saw that, they said, Ya Rasulullah, let us go and get them. They don't have their weapons. We're going to chop them all up. They don't have their weapons. It's the even playing field now. The Nabi told them, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I wasn't sent with a religion like that. You're going to kill the pilgrims? You're going to kill the pilgrims who are unarmed? You're going to kill children and women and older people who are unarmed that have nothing to do with what's going on in Palestine? It's not our religion. So when you are angry, you have to be fair and just. The hadith says, You have an amana, someone gave you a trust. Rasulullah said, Give the trust back to the person who gave it to you. And don't cheat the one who cheated you. Don't cheat the one from the ayat of the munafiq. is four. One of them, If he argues, he becomes abusive. He's not fair. He gets upset and he says, You, your mother and your father, and all of your whole tribe, you guys are this or you guys are that. Hey man, what does my mother have to do with what's going on between you and me right now? Because he's angry. So he drags your mother into it and drags your father into it. So the Prophet told the people, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, لا يسبن أحدكم أباه Don't let any of you curse your own father. The Arabs, were, what, what? who would do that? No one does that. That's why they remained on the religion of their fathers and rejected Islam because they loved their fathers so much. They couldn't fathom disrespecting their fathers. And they were kuffar. They couldn't fathom. You're not going to read with those Arabs in Jahiliyyah slapping and beating their fathers up. We got a question the other day. The person is disrespectful to their parents and, and has wiswas and takes a shower for two hours. As for the wiswas, the parent has to be, you know, make dua, be patient. As for the shower for two hours, you're wasting money, two hours shower. Even women shouldn't do that, two hours shower. Two hours in the shower. As for cursing, fighting, attacking your parents. If I'm ever asked that question, I'ma just tell it straight up how it is. And that is any child who raises his hand against his mother or his father, he should be dealt with. He should be dealt with. Dealt with in the best way Islamically. That's a terrible thing. Don't let any of you curse your mother, your parent, your father. They say, how does one of us curse his father? He said, that person curses another man's father. He's arguing with that man. So he says, and your father. And then that man turns around saying, your father too. 
So he was indirectly responsible for having his father cursed. So why did he mention his father in the first place? This is between you and him. That's it. Fathers ain't got nothing to do with it. Village doesn't have anything. Tribe, nothing to do with it. So stay in the middle. Last thing we want to mention, Ikhwani, concerning this issue is the tremendous hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam: "Inna al-muqsitin Allahi ala manabir min nur yom al-qiyamah." Those people who are fair and just, they're fair and just. Yom al-qiyamah, they will be upon pulpits, the mimbar made out of nur, on the right side of ar-Rahman, and both of his hands are right. Then he went on to explain. They are the people who, when they give a hukum, they are just. They are the people who, with their families, they are just. And they are the people who, if they're made responsible for anything, a leader, anything, he's just. Like Green Lane Masjid is responsible for this masjid. So whenever we make a magazine showing what has happened for the last year, we shouldn't just put Pakistani people looking in there. Only Pakistani people? That's not fair. We want to see people from Africa, people of color. We want to see reverts, white people. We want to see everybody. It's not a Pakistani masjid. You go to these masjids, it's not fair. It's not just. How you give me a khutbah in, in, in Urdu, man? How are you giving us a khutbah in Urdu? Now, if you were 99% people Urdu speaking, okay, no problem. But we're 97% English speaking people. And we're trying to learn our religion. And you're giving the khutbah only in Arabic, only in Urdu. Where's the fairness? Where's the justice in that? So these people will be on the members of light, Yomul Qiyamah. The ones who are fair in the hukum, the rulings that they gave. They're fair between their children. They're fair and just. We have brothers in this masjid right now, and there's drama in our hearts towards some of our siblings because the dad was married to our mother and then divorced her and then got married to another lady. So now the children over there are younger, and he's closer to these kids than he is to He forgot about us. Or the man has multiple wives, and he's not fair, he's not just. The one who has more than one wife will come Yom Al-Qiyamah and his side is going to be dragging justice in Al-Islam. So from the top, Ikhwani, and we naktafi bihad al-Qadr, inshallah. Three things will destroy you. Number one, what will destroy you is being stingy. Number two, what will destroy you? Ittiba' nafs following your desires. Eating anything and everything. He can't stop eating. So the person is way overweight, obese, it's not good for him. But he can't stop because the nafs, the nafs, can't stop it. And number three, for the individual to, what was the third one? To be impressed with yourself. And as I mentioned, the one who has all three, just one is enough to make you a narcissist. Look at any narcissist. He is impressed with himself, he follows his hawa, and he's stingy. Stingy maybe not with his money, but me, 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 me. Me, myself, and I. I want it. I felt it. I'm cold. Me. And then the three things that will save you is for the individual to fear Allah in the secret and in open, in the open. And for the individual is the second one. 
They have moderation when you're poor and when you are rich. And the last one is what? Be fair and just. Okay, Juani, do you guys have any questions? If you have any questions, you can put your questions forward. Is that kind of some sual? You have a question? Every week, Juani, all of the people in this ministry, mashallah, no questions. Okay. You could cut the thing off now. I want to ask you a question. Okay. Ahi. Give me three of the things that will save you. Three of the things that will save you. I'd be a beaver. Being just in what? When you're angry and when you're happy. Being moderate in what? Moderation in what? Nobody leave. Nobody leave. Nobody leave. Nobody leave. Nobody leave. When you have money and when you poor, what's the last one? Fearing Allah when you're open and then when you're secret. What are one of the things that will destroy you? One of the things that will destroy you? Being stingy and you. Being impressed and you, the third one. Allahu Alam. Akhi. To follow your nafs, to follow your nafs. Akhi, give me a delil from the Quran of the Sunnah that shows the evil of being impressed with yourself. What's a delil from the Quran and Sunnah? The Yahud and the Nasara. Good job, my man. Good job. Akhi, give me another delil from the Quran and the Sunnah about the evil of ijab. Even from yourself. Did you guys hear about that hadith of the man who the Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he was walking with this swag, he was walking. He was walking like he's the man, he's the man. And Allah opened up the earth and the earth swallowed him up. Because he was, so you hear this term, he got swag, he got swag. Well, it's okay to have swag in certain circumstances, meaning to be self-assured. But walking around like that, and it's in my culture. Part of my culture, African-American culture, is there are different ways that we walk. To show everybody I'm the man. You can't walk like that in Al-Islam. You should walk easy on the earth with respect. Not making people look at you like you're something to be, you know, feared. Nah. Someone achieves something, like I just said, being impressed and having swag, sometimes it's okay. Companions were fighting and they took a break. Abu Dujana, one of the big Mujahideen, he was on his Arabian stallion and the Muslims were arrested and they were tired and wounded and he wanted to agitate them as Allah said, al make them agitated, get them up and go and fight. That man, Abu Dujana, made his horse walk like this, like in the horse show. You know what I'm talking about? Like that arrogant way, so that the non-Muslims and the Muslims can see. We're warriors. We have furus here. We're going to deal with you. And when the Muslims saw that, the Muslims got pumped up. 
When a non-Muslim saw that, they was like, wow, well, these are, what kind of people are these? So that's not arrogance here on the battlefield. Similarly, if someone, he were to accomplish something, and as a result of accomplishing that thing, he's happy. There's nothing wrong with that. That's from the ni'mah that Allah Ta'ala bestowed upon him. وَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَحَدِّثِ It happened, Allah gave it to you, you tell people you love. I got the job. I graduated. I did it. Wow, it was tough. But I'm a graduate. I have a PhD. and Nothing wrong with that. Now the problem comes when he starts walking around saying, I got a PhD. What you got? What you got? You don't have anything. None of your family members got out of high school. That's a problem right there. That's a problem. As for the natural thing, no problem for them. Harun is a delil. It's a perfect delil. And that Harun, who? Harun. Harun was from Bani Israel. But he worked for Fir'aun. And he had so much money that the keys of his treasure required a lot of strong men to carry. Just the keys of his money. And when the people were telling him from Bani Israel, You better stop that. Allah doesn't love that. Hey, Harun, don't do that. Don't do that. He said, I was given this because I got special knowledge. Get out of here. You guys uneducated. And that's always the kalam of the coconut. Always. I got special knowledge. You don't have the knowledge that I have. Get out of here. And then Allah again punished Qarun. So we may give you a hadith on ayat here, but use your own brain now. Use your own brain. Good job, my brother. Good job, my brother. Okay, khwani, naktafi bihada wa nasallallaha subhanahu wa ta'ala wa fiqna wa iyaakum li kulli ma yuhibbu yarda. Hada wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika wa ashadu wa la ilaha illa. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.